I am thrilled to have on the line with me today Douglas Bruce. He is the author of the Taxpayer Bill of Rights, uh, Tabor, uh, which was a constitutional amendment which was passed by the people of Colorado over 25 years ago saying to government, if you want to tax us, or if you want to keep excess revenue, you just have to have good manners. You just have to ask us. But for some reason, politicians and bureaucrats don't want to ask us. And so there's been this assault on Tabor. And so I'm thrilled to talk with you, Douglas Bruce. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. So Tabor, I think, is one of the most important things that has been a contributor to the economic well-being of Colorado. As many of you know, Governor, uh, former Governor John Hickenlooper has thrown his hat in the ring for president, talking about the economy of Colorado. And I submit to you that one of the reasons that Colorado's economy has done well in the past is because Douglas Bruce uh, authored the Taxpayer Bill of Rights, Tabor, because what it did is it kept, its, its goal is to keep a check on government spending. So Douglas, uh, tell us, how did you come up with this idea of a taxpayer bill of rights? Well, it took years of research, and it was on the ballot three times as the taxpayer's bill of rights. Um, The first time, it got 42 and a quarter percent of the vote by a group of amateurs, proponents. (coughs) And the second time, it got 49.9, and it was so close that they switched 20,000 votes in 1990 from the yes column to the no column so that there would not be a recount. And then it passed with 812,308 votes in 1992. The funny thing about this whole situation is that we were told by the governor, by many other prominent establishment people that if Tabor passed, the economy would shut down. We'd be out of business. You know, we would, schools would be closed, and and the police would be laid off, and we'd have all these dire events. Even though Tabor did not cut taxes one dollar, did not cut taxes one dollar, um, they still said it would be a, a case for collapse. Just to say that the voters have the right to vote on tax rate increases. We, we don't vote on existing taxes. We only vote on future taxes, tax increases, new taxes, fees, debt, things like that. <coughs> and now they're saying, uh, never mind what we said 25 years ago about how it would cause a collapse. Uh, we now want to have the excess revenue from the very strong growth in the Colorado economy. We want to get it in the future forever and not even ask you. So they, they go from saying the economy would shrivel up and die to, to saying, well, obviously the economy is not being reduced. It's growing strongly. And we now want to have that excess revenue above the normal automatic growth rate of inflation and population, we want to have the excess. And we, by the way, don't want to ever have to ask you again. Ever, so, ever, ever. <laughs> yeah, we want, we want to change. <clears throat> this is the key point <clears throat> of the whole discussion. We want to get you to approve 
amending the Constitution, not with a constitutional amendment, but with a statute. Now, you can't do that. That's why they call them constitutional amendments, is it takes a constitutional amendment to amend the Constitution. But they're saying, oh, we'll get your permission once now to enslave your children, your grandchildren, your great-great-grandchildren, what the Founding Fathers called posterity forever, and just have them vote to give up their right to vote forever. And it is, it is beyond sinful. It's beyond stupid. It's evil. But the Democrats, with one token Republican stooge, um, so that they can call it bipartisan, um, are trying to get the citizens to vote, to give up their right to vote, and that of their children and grandchildren forever. Well, to have money that they told us that would never exist. The economy, they said for many years, would would stop growing. And in fact, tax stability helps economies grow, helps people invest and fix up their houses and, you know, keep their pay raises for themselves and their family. And uh, these people, uh, they, they flunk basic economics. The, the first rule of economics uh, that's been stated many times is if you want more of something, you subsidize it. If you want less of something, you tax it. Right. So, so we're subsidizing government and we're taxing prosperity. Exactly. And so the the idea that we have been, you know, many politicians and bureaucrats talk about the Colorado economy like they have been such visionaries that they have contributed to what has been a, a, a pretty good economy. And so to your point, if you want some more of something, subsidize it. So give more money to government, you're going to get more of government. Government doesn't create anything. And if you want less of something, you tax it. So we're going to be taxing, people are going to have less money in their pockets, less money for prosperity, less money to start businesses. Douglas, it's going to take some time for this to ripple through once this happens. But uh, this is moving Colorado towards uh, bigger and bigger government. Uh, we're seeing a lot of kind of socialist um, policies that are being pushed forward, voted upon, and then approved by the governor. And I remember when Venezuela was a very prosperous country. Uh, this was back in the 70s, and a very prosperous country with, with lots of resources. And what happens with bad policies is you now get what you have with Venezuela. There's not enough food, there's not enough coffee, there's not enough toilet paper, just the basic things for people to um, to be able to, to live their lives. And we're kind of have blinders on if we think that something like that can't happen here if we don't make sure that we adhere to, in this case, the will of the people, the will of the, the people of Colorado saying, we're not saying you can't raise taxes, and we're not saying that you can't keep some excess revenue because you put in place, Douglas Bruce, Bruce a formula of population inflation. But if you want to keep more of that, you just have to have good manners. You just have to ask us. And uh, I am just astonished with it. people on both sides of the aisle. It's a bipartisan thing that they, they want to have their, many of them want to have their hands in our pockets. Well, people can do analogies to foreign countries, but I don't think that's going to be the persuasive factor in the election. Uh, the persuasive factor is to have people go back to first principles that they 
heard sometime during their government uh, schooling. Um, one of them is the first three words of the Constitution, which are, we the people. We the people are the ultimate authority, not the legislature, executive, judges, senators. They are, they are representatives of we the people. And so we the people have to make the final decision about whether we want to go down the path of bigger and bigger government. We're allowing government to grow by inflation and population. The government is three times the size at the state level that it was when Tabor passed. But they're not satisfied with that. They want it to be four times bigger, five times bigger in 25 years. And the other factor is a phrase from not the Constitution, but the Declaration of Independence. That's the basic premise that people learned somehow, sometime, and it's called the consent of the governed. And it's not a question of voting on all ballot issues. We don't have vote on ballot issues in federal elections because we do not have federal elections. We only have 50 state elections. But in our state, uh, we have a right, thanks to Tabor, to express or withhold our consent since we're the governed. Uh, you know, the other people are called public servants. They're supposed to be working for us. Whoever heard of your employees uh, telling you how much they're going to take out of your wallet? It's it's crazy. Well, and uh, the other point on the Constitution, if, in fact, we want to change the Constitution, it needs to be done via a constitutional amendment right. versus what we have going on down at the State House right now. Um they don't respect the Constitution, federal or state, at all. They just don't. I know. I was there for one infamous session 11 years ago. 11 years ago today, I was in the legislature trying to get them to obey and respect the Constitution in a democratically controlled house. And uh, the Democrats just scoffed. And they did their best to ridicule me and smear me and frame me and so forth just because I was trying to get them to obey some simple laws. They don't respect the, the voice of the people, the will of the voters. They, they want to get around it. They, they, even though they were chosen by the voters in an election, they don't respect the people who chose them. So they don't want to have, they want to have as few elections and there's few opportunities for us to think about the direction of Colorado as possible. And so that's why they did something infamous, which they've been doing, believe it or not, since 1933, and that is to say nearly every law that they pass is an emergency, and you cannot petition to disagree with us, the legislators. It's, it's outrageous. Well, and, and This is the latest in the sign of... They're utter contempt for the voters, and the voters need to, we don't need to yell and scream, we just need to tell them no. 
Well, and to that point, I've had uh, uh, former state Senator Kevin Lundberg on. We were talking about the safety clause. And we're going to go to break here in just a moment. And we'll be talking about House Bill 19, 1257 and 1258, which is this runaround Tabor. But the safety clause is in 1258. And you tell me why you have to have a safety clause in uh, basically a revenue bill. And this is what the safety clause says. The General Assembly hereby finds, determines, and declares that this act is necessary for the immediate preservation of the public peace, health, and safety. So they're saying that in order to keep the public peace, health, and safety, they need to have their hands in our pockets without our permission. So this is Kim Munson with the AmeriChicks. We are talking with Douglas Bruce. He is the author of the Taxpayer Bill of Rights right here in Colorado Tabor. We're going to go to break. We'll be right back. Thrilled to have on the line with me Douglas Bruce. He is the author of the Taxpayers Bill of Rights, uh, affectionately called Tabor, right here in Colorado. It was a uh, constitutional amendment passed back in 1992 by the people of Colorado saying to government that if you want to raise our taxes or if you want to keep excess revenue above a formula of inflation and population, You just have to ask us. You just have to have some good manners. But, Douglas Bruce, we have seen a continual chipping away, you know, redefining words, all kinds of things to um, by politicians and bureaucrats because they don't want to ask us if they can keep our money. And so the newest effort here is House Bill 19, 1257, and then 1258 is in relation to that. But 1257 will be a, uh, a, a question on the ballot in uh, November of 2019. And basically the question is to the people of Colorado that uh, the government bureaucrats and politicians will not have to ask us if Colorado takes in excess revenues above this formula. And uh, what do you think about that? Well, the formula, Frank, was very generous. And also, Tabor only applies to about 60% of total state revenue. Um, People aren't aware. It doesn't apply to every dollar they collect. It doesn't apply to federal funds. It doesn't apply to enterprise revenue, various other things. But uh, it's basically targeted at uh, taxes and indirectly at at fees, which they have abused. And um, so what they're trying to say is... um, here, you vote away the right of your children to vote. If they want, people want to vote away their own right to vote, frankly, they should stay home. If they think voting is such a horrible experience, Good they point. Mm-hmm. stay home. But they should not vote away the right of those people who are unborn. Of course, the Democrats don't care about the unborn anyway, or even those who have been recently born. Mm-hmm. Um but they, they are trying to do this, and they're trying to just do anything that they can think of. I've read stories that they're proposing now to have a gasoline fee, not raise the gas tax, because if they call it a gas tax increase, polling shows that people will vote it down, that 22 cents a gallon is, is enough. Um, but they want to call it a fee and then raise it without voter approval. And that would still be revenue that would be subject to the growth limit, um, even though it would be called a fee. And they wouldn't be having us vote on that increased fee, but it would be captured by the growth limit. And so Tabor has uh, checks and balances in a variety of ways on the politicians. 
And then there was also a proposal to have an income fee to raise the rate of taxation, which is now 4.63, um, and make it 4.95, and that one-third of a percent would be a, um, it's called a fee, so they wouldn't let us vote on it because they had contempt for the voters. And um, um, But now, if, if they take away the spending limit in perpetuity by illegally amending the Constitution without a constitutional amendment, the Constitution says they can't do that. It says, to, says it in two specific places, and I emailed the one token Republican that they have, um, who's uh, from Adams County. Adams County voted by a landslide, over 60% for Tabor, and this person claims to represent Adams County when he's trying to destroy the Tabor Amendment that Adams County voted for in the landslide. Well, and Douglas Bruce, we need to explain to people what is happening with this word fee, because in, this is my understanding, in Tabor, the Taxpayer Bill of Rights, it basically says that uh, if you want to raise taxes or if you want to keep revenue in excess of taxes, that you have to ask us. So instead of calling something a tax, which really is a tax, we've seen this play on words, they're calling it a fee. And so that is what's been going on for quite some time. We saw this a couple of years ago with the hospital provider fee uh, that basically got around Tabor. And so it's it's well, dishonest. It didn't get around Tabor. It violated Tabor. Well, violated, we gotta, yeah. We got to call a spade a spade and not call it a manually administered soil excavation implement. <laughs> okay. You call a spade a spade. And it is a tax. In fact, for federal matching funds, the federal law provides that they will give matching funds to local taxes. It says so in the federal statute. So they're they not even obeying federal law, and they're tricking people because the federal bureaucrats don't care because they're all pro-government, and the bigger the government, the better. Um, so, but it isn't um, uh, voting on matters above taxes. It's above voting above the growth rate of inflation and population mm-hmm. combined. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if inflation is 3% and population growth is 2%, the revenue, the 60% of total revenue that's covered, roughly, can grow by 5%. And that's a lot. That's that, over a billion dollars a year. That is a lot. Now, a couple of things. I really recommend that people go and read these bills. I think that many times people just rely on talking heads. Uh, although if they come to the Americhicks, they can know that we are really searching for truth. But but really, would recommend that people go and read these bills. And they're not that long. One, I think, is four pages. The other is six pages. But it's it's so interesting that that the way they're trying to couch this is that this is not an increase in taxes if they get to keep that excess money and that they're going to use the money for those hot button issues that they I'm sure that they have looked at all the polls and that is for public schools, higher education, roads, bridges and transit. So they they put in things that they perceive that people care about. They say that's what we're going to spend the money on. And um, it, it 
it's it's just a real manipulation, I think, of that busy voter out there that does care about many of these things, and they don't quite understand what is happening with this, Douglas Bruce. Well, I think that the people that do their own taxes understand that when you take away a tax refund that you would otherwise be getting, that's an increase in the net taxes that you pay at the end of the year. If you normally would pay $4,000 in state taxes and get a $500 refund on that 4000 your real tax bill is 3500 And in this case, it would not be 3500 It would be the full 4000 because they're taking away your refunds forever with, with your so-called consent. But if they believed in what they would, were doing, they would obey the Constitution. And Tabor says, you know, this is an annual process, and they can ask every year to keep the excess revenue as opposed to it's being refunded. And then we can vote annually on whether the state really needs that money more than you do. And that's all the question is, is they just have to say, they have to make the case to the people of uh, why they need that excess revenue instead of this, you know, these... Well, they're, they're saying why they need it, but people need to understand, some people out there may not uh, understand the word fungible. Fungible means interchangeable. When the state gets money from your income tax, sales tax, other taxation, car taxes, registration fees, all that other stuff... The total state spending is $33 billion, with a B, as in bankruptcy, $33 billion. Now, a very simple form of cal- calculation, there's approximately 5.5 million people, men, women, and children, in Colorado. If you divide $33 billion by 5.5 million, that means the per-person tax, man, woman, and child, is $6,000. So for a family of four, the average family of four pays directly and indirectly through uh, corporate taxes that are passed on to consumers and so on, $24,000. And they're saying that that's not enough, even though that number grows by inflation and population automatically. If that grows by 5%, the example that I gave, that's $1.2 billion automatic increase. Wow. But if the economy is booming. And it grows by 1.5 billion. There's 300 million there that they uh, um, should return to the people. And, and another reason for that, uh, big picture economics, we have a boom and bust cycle sometimes in in uh, government and the economies, state and local and national. And if you have a a boom period and you build up the government programs and hire a bunch of people and spend a lot of extra money because you've got it, then if there's a recession, you've got to lay people off. And and Tabor provides a moderating influence by allowing slow and steady government growth that's tied to the real economy that isn't tied to the greed of the politicians. And so Tabor moderates the uh, the waves, so to speak, of boom and bust, and and uh, 
gives the money back to the citizens. And if the citizens get the money back, you know what they're going to do, basically? They're going to spend it. And they're going to increase the state sales tax revenue. That's So uh, the, the state benefits from citizens having more money in their pockets because the state taxes that money when it goes out of their pockets and into the cash register. Well, that is for sure. Hey, Douglas Bruce, we are out of time. This has been a great conversation regarding uh, the Taxpayers' Bill of Rights. You are the author of that. We've got an assault coming through the legislature with House Bill uh, 1257 and House Bill 1258. Thank you so much for shedding light on Tabor. We greatly appreciate it.